Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Well, welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I get to serve as one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, so thankful that you guys are here listening with us. Uh, with me today, I have Pastor Paul Roby, uh, and I have Pastor Eric Nelson. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Excited to have you, Kyle, awesome. here. Love Thanks. working with you, and uh, you filling in for Adam today. Thank I you. I am, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thank, grateful to be back, for sure. Just enjoyed a good Super Bowl weekend. It was. It's we were all at the fun. same party. We I were. know. It, <laughs> I don't know if everybody's rooting for the same team, but no. I have to feel good for Matthew Stafford. I agree with that. He is that. a biblical illustration of long-suffering. Yeah. <laughs> so what about this? So I'm not a football guy. Yeah. You guys know that. I I don't love football. I love people who love football. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, tell me about this Cooper Cup guy. Like, what's his story? Because I saw he did something that Jerry Rice only did in his career, and he did it in one season. Is yeah. that true, or is that fake news? No, so when you, uh, I think what it is, is when you uh, do his entire, with the postseason, he had a season to remember with stats and yeah. yards and touchdowns and everything. Okay. And, I mean, I, I think he was a, was he a D2 player or a, a FCS school? Like, he wasn't highly recruited uh, player. Uh, it could be Eastern Washington. Is really? Eastern Washington? Speaking of wow. your yeah, Eastern Washington. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to Washington State. Oh, Washington State. <laughs> I would not oh, stoop okay. so low. And <laughs> the thing is about him, he uh, he won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And I think that it w- you could give it to Aaron Donald you could just have, as yeah. easily, mm-hmm. yeah. Matthew Stafford. But I think they awarded him for a whole season of oh, just yeah. greatness. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he won three awards throughout the season. And here I am talking as if I know. I don't really know. Yeah, but so, I saw a post on Facebook today. And those three things, only like Jerry Rice did in his whole career, and that was it. Yeah, so it's the triple crown of, That's right. of receiving. So yards... Uh, Maybe receptions and then touchdowns or something like that. So yeah, and Super Bowl MVP. I think that was one of its. One so of the maybe things that too. was it. Yeah. yeah, here I am. I love football, and I'm although I'm a Niners fan, so I'm not like yeah. super invested. <laughs> but you can yeah. care less. I, I I can I can attest to Eric though. Uh, he will text me when the Niners are playing, and I'm like, oh, this guy's actually kind of t- watching the games because he knows that I love them. Uh, that's so, right. I love it. <laughs> the thing I love more than texting you to encourage you is texting people when their team loses. <laughs> I love that. That's true. I had a heyday with Adam Jones when yeah. the Packers lost. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right let's get to the text yeah let's jump in so we're in uh first corinthians uh chapter three today right guys that's right yep going through uh the book of first corinthians um on sundays we're doing it theme by theme uh on on wednesdays when we put out this podcast we're doing it verse by verse and um i love doing that for our church i yeah. think you can get some of the major themes and then you can read it on your own and figure out how each section uh connects to those major themes so the filter with which we're studying this book is um how do you organize around the gospel and I think that filter has been really revolutionary for me as I've read this book. You just understand organizing theology, organizing relationships, organizing church gatherings, organizing personal behavior, um, organizing uh, how you look up to your leaders and how you approach leaders. All of that falls under this category of organization. Yeah. And of course, in our day and age, organized religion is getting beat up constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really that organized for right. when people describe their experience. And then, of course, religion is a problem, as we see it at SMCC. So I've really loved this study that we're doing. Yeah, I agree. 
So chapter three today, um, picking up some of the themes we've already set. Um, the first four chapters really fall into one uh, section of the book. And so today uh, we'll maybe have some familiar themes, but there's some new insights too that we're going to pull out of the text. So we'll go paragraph by paragraph and Paul and I will break it down. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so I'll start uh, chapter three, one through about four. Does that sound uh, good? That's great. Okay, awesome. Uh, so the Apostle Paul starts off, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? Yeah, Paul, you want to take yeah, it away? I th- <coughs> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat again, <laughs> as usual. So this thing about being led by the Spirit or being uh, led by your flesh. <coughs> Scott, sorry about that. Um, you know, I think that is confusing to some people. Like it's some sort of mystical thing, like mm-hmm. being led by the Spirit. God speaks to you outside the Bible uh, in special ways, through impressions, through visions, through whatever, and you're just a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with mm-hmm. what the Apostle Paul is saying. Being spiritual in his way of thinking... Um, Talks is really talking about a mindset. Mm-hmm. It's talking about being influenced, being and you know, it's, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's being influenced in such a way that your mindset is one of, um, thank you, God. I want to live my life for you, and I want to serve your purposes. Mm-hmm. And serving God's purposes means that you're others focused, mm-hmm. God focused first. Others focus second. Being of the world or fleshly, that's the mm-hmm. that's the contrast, is it's all about me. Yeah. Me first. All the time. Yeah. yeah. So um, being led by the Spirit is, God is my authority. Yeah. He's calling the shots. That is a really helpful way to think about that, Paul. Yeah. I don't think I've ever quite it's, it's broken it down It's like authority, identity, and activity. Perfect. It yeah. It really is. And so Paul at this point is going back to something... He's been criticized for being a shallow, simple preacher. And so right now he's describing, here's why I only shared milk with you. And he introduces this analogy that uh, has stuck with people for over 2,000 years, the milk and meat Mm -hmm. uh, concept. And um, Paul, there have been plenty of times people have come up to me, come up to you and said, I want some meat. Um, The milk and meat illustration or metaphor, it's, uh, it's still here today. But when someone says that, I don't think they understand the metaphor. I think they're getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really ties into Paul with what you just said. A me-first approach is the way an infant lives their life. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. A mature person says it's all about others. Mm -hmm. And the Apostle Paul says, I gave you milk because you were me-focused as if you were an infant or a baby who lives that way. He's actually not defining milk and meat in terms of here's what to look for if you want to find meat in a preacher. You know, he's not. No. He's not doing that. He's giving them a way to think about um, their immaturity. And there's good news for infants. <laughs> you know, people that uh, are either outside the faith or people new to the faith. There is good news, and that's the gospel, because God meets us where we're at. And he he understands that we're me focused, and so there's good news, and that is you, uh, every single person can have their greatest problem solved 
through a relationship with Jesus Christ, placing their faith in Him, mm-hmm. it solves... Now, you're in, in a fundamental way, you've been helped, you've been rescued, and so, yeah, we understand that you're going to be all about me, mm-hmm. but now you enter into this relationship with Christ where He transforms you. Yeah. So that you're not just all about you. Yeah, totally. The one example in this section that he gives for milk and meat is quarreling and jealousy. Mm. If those two behaviors are still present in your life, uh, you're not ready for meat yet. That's yeah. that's the that's the one check mark that he gives here is that they were quarreling, they were jealous, they were fighting with each other. So if someone comes to me after a service and says, "Ah, I was looking for a little more meat," I'm going to say, "Hey, tell me how you're doing with your stepmom. You know, mm. how, how you doing with your in laws? How you doing yeah. with your neighbor, your boss? How you doing with others? Is, is there?" quarreling? Is there jealousy? Is there division in your life? Because it seems to me that the Apostle Paul is saying, look at that first, because if you have that in your life, you are still worldly. That's what he says. And so at SMCC, we decided to define maturity. Yes. So one of our cultural values is we define maturity not by how much someone knows, because typically... Eric, if I'm That's correct. what meat's about. That for guy, most he's all about knowing more Greek mm-hmm. and Hebrew yeah. and interesting theological terms and systematic theology. Okay, it's not about how much someone knows. It's about how much someone loves mm-hmm. both God and others. Mm-hmm. And so we recognized that there was always going to be this tension in the church, and uh, and there is a temptation to define maturity by how much someone knows. We wanted to say right off the bat, no, we actually honor this person that has stepped into a relationship with mm-hmm. Christ, where now God has so much influence that it changes the way you act toward God yeah. and other people. Yeah. yeah, nothing more mature than saying, I care more about you than me. That, that I'm going to lay down my preferences for the sake of the purpose of the, the church, mm-hmm. and um, man, what a mature approach. And I'm so grateful that hundreds and hundreds of people at SMCC, Paul, do that. They are mature people, yeah. and it allows us to be a church for people who aren't here yet. That's so cool. And we actually believe that that is the road to delight. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like a ripoff. It's right. not like, oh, yeah. oh, I got to go toward meat where people are, you know, I'm being unselfish and I'll give up this. No, yeah. it is my pleasure because sure. it is my delight mm-hmm. if I actually travel that road. Yeah. Leaving a church because it's not meaty enough is actually an indication that you're not ready for me yet, because it's a me-first decision. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong, there are reasons to leave a church and reasons to move on, and I get all that, but if it's, I want more, the Apostle Paul would say, you're still an infant, you know? Like, if it's all about you, you're still an infant. And it doesn't excuse churches from not preaching the Bible. I mean, I grew up in a church that didn't preach the Bible. We've talked about it. So I've already been there. Theology matters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does matter. Take what I just said in in balance Mm -hmm. with the other things we've said. Um, But, you know, nothing more obnoxious than meeting a Christian who thinks they're mature when they aren't. And um, I think the Apostle Paul is getting frustrated with the Corinthians. You think you're so mature, you guys, but you're not Mm -hmm. yet. And uh, anyway, so he's he's addressing that here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, On on the maturity conversation, I had a a youth pastor that I served with when I was interning, and he used to say it's... uh, it uh, is making this 18-inch connection from your head to your heart, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, head knowledge is going to come as you learn, as you dive deeper, the mm-hmm. theology part. Uh, but until it makes that connection and you're loving God and others as the mark of maturity, and I, and I love that that's one of our values, um, then, you know, it's Paul has said mm-hmm. elsewhere, it's a resounding gong, right? And it's lacking mm-hmm. maturity. So, yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. 
Um, okay, so that was uh, one through four. Let's jump into uh, verses five through nine now in First Corinthians. So the Apostle Paul continues on, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Yeah, I love this section. Yeah. So it seems like they had too high a view of themselves, mm-hmm. and they had too high a view of their leaders. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul needed to clear that up, help them organize a bit better. He's saying leaders are just servants, mm-hmm. and... Um, and I, and I love that. Yeah. Um, I hope that that's the approach our staff has. We're here to serve. Yeah. So we cannot expect people to not be people. People gravitate toward uh, people worship, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They 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 have a they these guys are forming a fan club. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrity culture. Celebrity culture. Here's what we can expect. That leaders don't feed that, mm-hmm. that they don't play into that, yeah. that they don't manipulate that whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Like it's up to us to do exactly what the Apostle Paul says, and that is, it was my pleasure to serve God's purposes. You benefited from that. Can we all just uh, say, "Yay, God," mm-hmm. and and understand that? Hey, it it really doesn't make me better than anybody else. Right. You know, this happens, Paul. I know you've experienced this. Um, it happens more at the Draper location than the other locations because it's it's our our large largest location. Um, people say, "I can't believe you're in the lobby after the sermon, just meeting people." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, where else would I be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like in the back, you know, getting room, getting room. a massage oh, yeah. and eating bonbons. You know, <laughs> got to get ready for the next service. No, uh, we're here to serve. You know, yeah. and um, I plan for that always to be the the way that yeah. I that I want to go about leadership is leadership through service. That's what Jesus talked about. So it's kind of funny when. People come from other part, other churches where um, their their pastors wouldn't be that accessible. I, I was just in a church, uh, boy, four months ago or so. Had gone to Houston for a wedding, and when I sit down, I recognize, oh my goodness, a guy I know is going to be given the sermon today. Mm-hmm. Huge church, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to see see him afterwards, and so. Bill Butterworth was is his name, and uh, hadn't probably seen him for fifteen to twenty years. And so, I said to some usher, I said, "Hey, I'd like to be able to just chat with the speaker today. He's a friend of mine." I had to go through three layers of security, <laughs> and just to to back up what you're saying, yeah. Eric, it has gotten crazy. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I uh, heard a story. Um... Now, in their defense, they might say it's dangerous if I'm out there or I get distracted or too many people come around and it creates a distraction in the lobby. They probably have a good reason for why they don't do that. I'm just saying I want to be yeah. available. And yeah. I did hear a story recently of a megachurch pastor sending his assistant to pick up his coffee because mm-hmm. he's too big to wait in line at the coffee shop downtown. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't no. want to become that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not beating up people who do that. I'm right. just saying... Um, it seems to we me can't, we can't feed this. right. It seems yeah. to me that the apostle Paul is saying, "Look, these leaders are just servants," yeah. and um, and then he uses some metaphors to describe how the Corinthians should see themselves. You're God's field, God's building. Mm-hmm. That uh, God, your leaders are at work uh, cultivating growth in your life, uh-huh. building on the foundation that's Jesus, and that's uh, 
that's what we're doing here 2,000 years later. As I was reading this and preparing for the podcast, I was thinking about leaders that have influenced me. Yeah. So to your point, Paul, there are people that have been very influential in our lives, and clearly Apollos was influential, Paul, Cephas, these were mm-hmm. influential people to the Corinthians. I was thinking back to a guy, um, his name's Brian Hole, and I talked to him about a month ago. Mm-hmm. When I became a Christian at 18, Brian took me to breakfast every week, <clears throat> and we played golf together once a week too, mm-hmm. and uh, he discipled me, um, helped me follow Jesus. And uh, I was kind of thinking about, you know, he is one of these people that uh, has made a significant influence in my life over the years. And um, I think throughout our lives, we have certain people that have done that, and we can be grateful to God for that. This last week, I was in California, and I got to meet with two guys that discipled me when I was a fresh Christian, right, Mm -hmm. brand new. They opened up their house to uh, guys to come over kind of anytime, doors open, Dr. Pepper's in the refrigerator, John Mm -hmm. Denver's on the, you know, (laughs) record player, you know, whatever. And... I had not seen either of these guys for I know over thirty years, and wow. we got I got to sit down and say thank you one more wow. time, and you know these guys now in their seventies, wow. and uh, they were right there in the Jesus movement, right at the f- forefront, and it it was so great mm-hmm. just to be able to show my appreciation to them mm-hmm. at that time. So. A lot of names yeah. Yeah. go unwritten, yep. unspoken, but boy, there's just all kinds of yeah. ways that we can participate with mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul, with Apollos, and just continue to influence yeah. people. I mean, in our culture today, there's five or ten <clears throat> pastors that are big names. You know, there's the rock star pastors right. out there. And I, and I read a passage like this, and I'm just so grateful for the ways that God uses certain people at certain times in people's lives, yeah. people you've never heard of right. have influenced the people that are influencing millions. And that is just right. pretty cool to see yeah. God's God's work there. And certainly, uh, I think Paul would add this, these pastors are not in competition with each other. It seems at times people are competing for views and followers yeah. and church size dynamics. So Paul's just like, guys, get over that. Mm-hmm. Pastors are not in competition. They're, they're just working the fields together. Yeah. <laughs> they're co-workers, co-laborers, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. fact. And um, I, I just love that. And it's really true in our mobile society that all we do many times is kind of plant the seed. Mm-hmm. We don't... If we get to harvest, it's probably because somebody else did Planted some pretty yeah. good work. Man, yeah. you know what? That's One of my favorite point. baptism stories at SMCC in 2021 was a gal where seeds were planted somewhere else, mm-hmm. and we got to celebrate the story. And there are other times where we get to input into someone's life for two years, and they move on, and they that's get right. baptized somewhere else. Yep. And um, yeah. that's that's how God actually is at work in people's lives. Right. We see that here. It's been that way for a long time. So verse yeah. 10, Kyle, let's keep okay. going. Verse 10, here we go. Uh, so verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Now he turns his attention to the leaders. Yeah. This is a challenge to the leaders. So this, How are you building? This is not the judgment of sheep and goats, so to speak. This is, you know, we're, this is the judgment of believers, yeah. and it's the judgment of their works. And so let's make sure everybody gets this straight. 
none of the people that are being talked about here are going to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, that, that's a good uh, piece of clarification. Um, I think the Apostle Paul is telling the leader, lead in such a way so that when your people go through a lot of difficulty, including on that day, Paul, as you were talking about, um, their faith stands. And uh, there are plenty of ways to lead in which you are building, to use the metaphor, with hay or straw, something that's not going to last. Right. And so when you win people to Christ through emotional appeals, you win people to Christ mm. through um, empty promises for God, that's not going to last. Yeah. And uh, so this is a big challenge to, to the leader to make sure you're building on the foundation that's Jesus and to equip people for the challenges of this life. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important, but certainly on that day as well. And um, in that sense, the leader has a responsibility to yeah. build appropriately. I think that wood, hand stubble is anything that is motivated uh, to somehow draw attention to myself mm-hmm. and to somehow kind of lift me up. Uh, the precious stones mm-hmm. and that type of uh, works are things that are done for the glory of God and for other people's benefit. It's yeah. just kind of two categories. Yeah. There. So prosperity gospel, positivity gospel, moralistic therapeutic deism, all mm-hmm. of these approaches to Christianity that are not focused on the gospel will not stand that test. Yeah. Um, they will not make it through. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, that's a good warning, a good challenge to uh, leaders in churches. Um through the flames, I think we got to talk about that. Yeah, uh, is yeah. that hell? Is that something different? I think we should read that in the context of the metaphor, mm-hmm. that although the house is burning, this person, um, yeah, they they won't be burned up. They'll they'll continue on in their in their journey, in their faith, but um, uh, barely. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting metaphor. Man, you're ruining my favorite joke about people who smoke, Christians that smoke. Yeah. Will, will that send me to hell? No. But it smell will like you've been there. Smell like you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, once again, it's God who causes the growth in our lives, and leaders um, have to create the environment for that. We're we're um, working on building the house, and uh, you know, just getting started in that process. And it's interesting. I love construction is cool to me. I don't know why that's appealing. Uh, first, I, I like to drive by the lot, and they're building other houses. And there's something, you know, there's something about working with your hands that just seems cool. Uh, I think, you know, as as a pastor. You work with your brain a lot. You yeah. know, I got a lot of gray hair coming in. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for a while now. And um, I, so I'm always interested in construction. And I like how all the trades come together mm-hmm. to play their part. You know, you got the uh, you got the excavator guys. You got the, uh, the flat work guys doing the concrete, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. <laughs> you got the plumber, the electrician. You got your framers, you know. You got all that. And it all comes together in that construction process. Yeah. And, and what's, inter- metaphor. what's interesting about that is each guy, if they don't do their job well, it makes it so much harder on the next oh, guy. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And they do have to time mm-hmm. who comes in when. Yep. Like... If the drywall guys come too early, mm-hmm. it's a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, uh, and and so there's a reward for the builder when it's all done, you know? It's, it's like, wow, look at this. We have given a home to a family, mm-hmm. you know? And there's mm-hmm. some joy in that. And I think that's what the reward is, Yeah, is uh, the reward is not the people who build best get a better mansion in heaven. You know, it's not that. It's mm-hmm. this joy that comes that from the fact that this per I was a part of this person's um, journey yeah. to joy in mm-hmm. Jesus, and I get to celebrate that. That's yeah. I think that's this reward component. Well, and once again, maturity is about 
other, like, you know, loving others. And so it's other centric, it's others focused uh, after, you know, God and then others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where that joy comes from. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. The next section, um, he drops another metaphor on them. Um, and metaphors, of course, are describing something very true. And so this one's powerful. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. So verse 16, uh, do you want me to just do 16, 17 um, uh, or the whole, the rest of it? Let's do, yeah, 16, 17. Okay, so here we go. So uh, verse 16, the Apostle Paul goes on to say, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Kyle, I can see your tattoos from here. Don't you know your body is a temple (laughs) of the Holy Spirit? What is wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Um, This... Okay, this is an interesting thing, because even though I didn't grow up in church, I didn't grow up around the Bible, mm-hmm. I heard the thing, your body's a temple of the oh, Holy yeah. Spirit. So don't pierce your ears, yep. or don't, you know, I've heard that. So it's so interesting that here in the West, this passage written by the Apostle Paul, you know, he's so influential that that language is built into the English language mm-hmm. in the West. Yep. Um, we said in this series, we live in the shadow of Christ crucified, whether we know it or not. And uh, so Christianity has left its mark on our world. Even I knew that growing up. Yeah. That is not how we should read that, though. Um, this concept of temple is so powerful. Certainly, if you grew up uh, around temples, you knew something about temples. Mm-hmm. You knew something very spiritual went on there. You knew the gods or goddesses were worshipped there. But if you came out of Judaism, it was a very sacred place mm-hmm. where quite literally God dwelt. Yeah. And so... I think it's hard for us to read this with the punch that the first century reader would have read this with. Because for them, they saw the temple on the hill, uh, if they were from a pagan culture, the temple's on the hill, and they knew worship went on there. If you grew up in Judaism, you saw your temple destroyed. It was a source of hope. It was this big symbol of God's presence with you. And now the Apostle Paul says, you are the temple. Yeah. Okay. That is radical and revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Point being, God lives in you now, Mm -hmm. and you need to honor God with how you live, but just know He's with you. That was so punchy. I don't know if we can even read this without... We have to unlearn what we've heard about this passage to really grasp how powerful it is. And the Apostle Paul is arguing against Greek philosophy and even Greek religions. He is saying that the body matters. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, when in the Old Testament, if somebody killed somebody else, it, there was capital punishment. Yeah. And we argue a lot. In fact, the uh, Utah legislature right now is all about trying to figure out if capital punishment is mm. going to continue mm-hmm. in Utah. The, the pluses of capital punishment is it emphasizes on the, it's, it's the value of every single person. Mm-hmm. And you take a life, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And God's now dwelling in us mm-hmm. as, as believers. Mm-hmm. You don't destroy that without there being consequences. Now, what he's saying is God will destroy that person who destroys God's temple. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't solve the issue of capital punishment. Right. Mm-hmm. Capital punishment has been a notoriously unevenly um, applied, mm-hmm. you know, that penalty. And yeah. so yeah. it's really tough. Yeah. But at the same time, how do we send the message to people? This body is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just went to a funeral where in Greek Orthodoxy, mm. man, did they, uh, the, 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 the funeral I went to was at a Greek Orthodox church and how much they emphasize the human body, the temple of mm-hmm. God, because it goes all the way back to the mm-hmm. first 
century, yeah, where they're talking about juxtaposed against Greek philosophy and religion was Christianity, yeah. where the body matters. Yeah. And, and so I don't know what else to say about it, except that um, we need to take this seriously, that mm-hmm. our bodies are not our own. You know, mm-hmm. we're bought with a price. Right. This is, you know, we, we fulfill God's purposes with a body. Yep. And in... Um, Dallas Willard's book, Spirit of the Disciplines, he talks about how the body uh, has rhythms, you know, mm-hmm. the rhythms that you put your body through, get up a certain time, to, you know, do this, do that, eat, whatever, but also how sin uh, has a way of entering our bodies, and so our natural knee-jerk reaction, our auto- automatic response to so many stimuli is in our body, and those are uh, those automatically are sinful hmm. choices. Hmm. And so he talks about spiritual disciplines of like making your body sit quietly, mm-hmm. making your body fast, making your body be in solitude, making your body... And, and he ties the two together really strongly. And I could go on for, forever, but at least someone, I think, now is really talking about the importance of the kind of disciplines mm-hmm. that include your body, yeah. not just your mind. Yeah, good stewardship of the body God's mm-hmm. given us. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's something in here that I, I missed when I read this earlier, but I, I think is so important. You together are that temple. Mm. Yes. So this is interesting. So in the first century, you have this ragtag group of Jesus followers meeting in homes. Yeah. Doesn't look that amazing. They don't have the mm-hmm. money to build some beautiful cathedral on the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, is God really among them? Yeah. I mean, look at you guys. You're just sit- sitting in, you know, Joe's house saying you're the body of Christ. You know, really? Yeah. He says, you together are that temple. And I just think there's a togetherness to the temple language too yes. that we should pick up it's on. It's both and. Yeah, yeah, it's both and. And so collectively, they form that too. So if you're destroying, um, and this is probably to some of the people in the church that were being divisive, you're destroying the temple of God, yeah. meaning, uh, you know, if, if uh, the, the Babylonians came in, destroyed some temples, like we got some problems, you know? Right. Um, he's saying, hello, if you... If you divide the church, if you divide the body of Christ, that is a problem because yeah. you now are the temple together. And so I think if if the Corinthians, um, if we could watch them read this letter, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could have watched them read yeah. it. I think their jaws would have dropped to the floor at yeah. this section. Yeah, and they would have looked around, and the people being divisive would have been smacked upside the head. I mean, this was a oh crap moment yeah. if they were the ones with this divisive yeah. behavior. Yeah, I think in this particular case. It's more applied to the church. Yeah, it's it's a group. Mm-hmm. And what is the passage later? You, know, mm-hmm. you were bought with a price. I yeah. think that's more individual. Yeah. Right. Temple. Yep. Yeah. It's both and, and um, we need to keep that in mind. So, anyways, I, I think the temple stuff uh, sounds foreign to us. We don't really have a lot of temples, you know, here. Although there are some, and yeah. maybe you've visited a place that had a lot of temples. But this language is so uh, so powerful, so yeah. punchy. I just want I want listeners today to. Uh, really reflect on um, how how powerful this language would have been. Yeah, I, I, man, it's just I had not heard it that way before uh, when you just mentioned rereading that passage about mm-hmm. you together, because what Paul is saying is it would be akin to the temple being destroyed in yeah. 70. It would, it would be akin to if you guys are divisive and yeah. you tear this apart from the inside, mm-hmm. it's as if you're demolishing yeah. the actual temple where... God just sure. exists. Yeah. Uh, again, all, all these idioms from SMCC. But, <laughs> but what we have said in the past is everybody's free to come. Uh-huh. But what you're not free to do is hurt the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We, I said it uh, at South Jordan a couple of weeks ago, we have a value where you can belong before you believe. Yeah. However, if you say you believe and you're violating the experience of others as they seek to belong, we're going to have to have a conversation mm-hmm. about what your belonging looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, what Paul's talking about here. And yeah. that's certainly with, you know, we had this long talk in my small group, um, expel him from your fellowship, you know, mm-hmm. kick this guy out. Yeah. Wow. Um, there were some people that had left the LDS faith in my small group. They really struggled with that passage. Mm-hmm. And we walked through... Um, the ins and outs of that, because it's a very nuanced approach. Right. But certainly, if you're doing harm to other believers, uh, if mm-hmm. you're doing harm to the reputation of Jesus, or you're harming the experience of those who are in inve- who are investigating, mm-hmm. we have to put a stop to that. Totally. Yeah. And um, that's kind of hard to talk about, I think. But um, I think we see the value in that. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, here 18 we go. to the end of three. 18. Uh, the Apostle Paul continues on. Uh, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. Hey, let's make sure that there's, you can't hear this, but yeah. there are quotation there, there are notes. Quotes. <laughs> there are quotes <laughs> yeah. around yeah. fools. fools. Yeah. Yeah. Not literally become a fool. <laughs> right, he's going back to the theme he established earlier in the, in the letter yeah. and he's saying, uh, remember how you guys thought the cross looked like foolishness? Mm-hmm. Um, that's because you were thinking about it through the common thinking of the day. Yeah. He's saying, and so therefore you need to become a fool if you want to become wise, in quotes, right. mm-hmm. as the common thinking of the day defines fool, right. the world defines fool, you need to be able to embrace that. So he returns to that again. So yeah. this whole section is all about... Um, valuing things inappropriately, out of sync with the gospel because it's more in sync with the way the world thinks, and therefore you're out of sync in how you think about your leaders. He returns to that and makes makes the case uh, here about um, wisdom and foolishness. Mm. And it's wise to have no more boasting about human leaders. Mm. There you go. That's what yeah. he says. No more boasting. Yep. Come on. Because all We're on is, the same team. So yeah. then he wraps up with the all is yours thing. Yeah. Uh, that's powerful language. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, how should we think of that? Because uh, it still seems true today that in the gospel, all things are ours as a gift, um, mm-hmm. and we receive it, and therefore we enjoy it. But that came out of left field as I was reading and studying. It's like, okay, leaders, worldly thinking, foolishness, mm-hmm. wisdom, church. Now, all things are yours. Mm-hmm. What? How do you guys think through that? Well, I think some of the... I just think all the good things... Yeah are ours, mm-hmm. but he goes on to clarify, he says, um, in, in, in the world, uh, this world, or life, or death, or present, or the future. So mm-hmm. he's not saying prosperity gospel, <laughs> that you can earn God's favor, that you can have it all now. Mm-hmm. He's saying your future is bright. Mm-hmm. It's all good, mm-hmm. no matter if you get whatever in this life, hey, God will take care of everything mm. in the next life. I like that. And that connects to boasting. The reason we boast is we have to get what's ours. Yeah. And the Apostle, says, the Apostle Paul says, it's already yours. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to boast about Paul. He's already your servant as your leader. Right. You don't need to boast about um, your church or your gifts, your spiritual gifts. You already have what you need. You already have what... 
What you're boasting is trying to get for you, you already have. Yeah. To put it in <laughs> modern day terms, you have been blessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now just live the life of a blessed person. Mm-hmm. That's what all. That's exactly what I think he says. Don't try to earn that. blessings. Yeah. All just is yours. Live that life. Yeah. You already have all that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can stop boasting. You can stop fighting. Please mm-hmm. just enjoy it. Yeah. Yep. Fully delighted. That's how we talk about it. So I think that's a wonderful way to wrap up this section. Yeah. And uh, we'll pick it up in chapter four next week okay awesome well thank you thank you guys for hanging out with us and for sharing your wisdom thank you guys for listening uh look forward to uh seeing in air quotes uh you guys (laughs) next week Uh, all right have have a great rest of your week guys thanks again for joining us for the fully delighted podcast if you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend for more information about smcc please visit us at our website at smccutah.org Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.